So uh, the Bible is our foundation for everything that we believe, and really it should be our foundation for everything that we do in our life as well. And when the foundation gets attacked and uh, it's not there and we lose faith in, in the foundation, then the rest begins to crumble. So our foundation needs to be set in our minds and in our hearts. Uh, and, and in this case, our, our foundation is the Word of God, the Bible. And uh, tonight, I want to try to firm up that foundation. I want to cement it in your mind that it is firm and it is trustworthy and it is correct. And so with that, let's jump into uh, some thoughts tonight. And I don't know that we'll finish tonight, but that's okay. We'll uh, make our way through as much as we can. Let's look, number one, at the author of the Bible. The author of the Bible. Who wrote the Bible? Now, that's kind of a trick question because there's a couple answers to that. And so I have a couple answers. First of all, God is the ultimate uh, author of the Bible. He is the one who, according to the verse we read in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So ultimately, it was God who uh, authored the word of God, okay, because it is the word of God. Um, it is not the word of men. It is the word of God. He is the one that ultimately uh, wrote these words that we have before us. But it wasn't him that actually um, got a piece of paper out and, or, and wrote all these words down. No, uh, next letter B here, we see that uh, he used uh, 40 different human authors uh, over a period of more than 1,500 years to cause the Word of God to come into existence. If, um, if, you, if you want to turn over real quickly to 1 Peter uh, chapter number I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 21. This is a key verse in looking at how the Word of God came to be. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21 says, for the, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, the Holy Ghost over and superintended the Word of God. Now, as you look through and read through the different uh, books of the Bible that were written by different human authors, you can tell that they were, they were different. They had different personalities, different uh, uh, angles that they took and perspectives. Uh, but the Lord oversaw all of that and used them to uh, bring the Word of God into existence. Um, uh, the Bible, again, and, and written by 40 human authors over a period of over 1,500 years, yet they wrote with one voice, and uh, there are no errors in the entire Word of God, not, not one, and uh, it's pretty amazing to consider that thought. So we see the author of the Bible, and, and when you know that God was the one who ultimately wrote the Word of God... Um, you need to understand that, hey, it is authoritative as a result of that. He has the right to tell us how to live. He has the right to uh, tell us what to believe. And uh, it's all found in this book here. So we see the author of the Bible. But then uh, let's look, secondly, at the arrangement of the Bible. How is the Bible arranged? 
Well, there are, are two testaments, two major sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has how many books? 39. And how many in the New Testament? 27. So 39 and 27. Um, the individual books are further divided into chapters and verses for ease and locating passages, although those were not uh, inspired. Um, so when you go to like, well, John 3.16, the, the, the chapter 3 and the 16, that part is not necessarily inspired. That's not inspired of God, but the words themselves are. Um, but the, uh, the assemblers of the Word of God added those in there so that uh, we can easily find them and uh, keep track of where we're at. Um, and the, by the way, the chapter divisions were made in the 13th century, and the verse divisions were made in the 16th century. And the first Bible to be printed in the chapter verse format uh, was in 1555. The first English Bible to incorporate the chapter verse divisions was the Geneva Bible of 1557. Um, so it's only been in the last, you know, 500, not even 500 years that we've had the chapter and uh, verse divisions in the Bible. Before that, it was just um, all there, uh, just you couldn't find it as quickly. Uh, imagine they had page numbers and they would have to say, okay, go to page number whatever and then uh, let's, let's look halfway down the, pair, the, the page on the left-hand side. That's how they would have to find it. So uh, it took them uh, quite a while to, to figure out putting the chapter and, and verse divisions in there. Now, the King James Bible has 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, 773,692 words, and we're going to go down to the letters too, 3,566,480 letters. The longest chapter in the Bible is, anybody know? Psalm 119, that's going to be our memory verse next month, the entire chapter, I'm teasing. Uh, the shortest chapter is very close in proximity to it. It is Psalm 117 with a grand total of two verses. The longest verse is Esther 8.9 and the shortest is John 11.35 if we're looking just in English. I think it is, uh, I think 1 Thessalonians 4 uh, or 5.16, uh, rejoice evermore. I think that's shorter in the Greek if I'm not mistaken. Well, let's talk about the Old Testament and how that's broken down. So the Old Testament was written primarily in the Hebrew language. The first book was written by Moses in 1491 B.C., and the last book was written by uh, Malachi about four, 441 B.C. And uh, the Old Testament consists of four major uh, divisions. First, we have the law. The law is from the book of Genesis to the book of Deuteronomy. Now, there's... Some historical aspects, especially in, um, in Genesis, is, a, is definitely a history book, and also Exodus is as well, and, and really all, all of those laws, the, book, the five, first five books of the, the Old Testament, the Pentateuch is what those are called as well, they all include some history, but that is where we find the law of God given to mankind. Um, and it, in this portion, it describes the creation of heaven and earth 
and man, the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, the worldwide flood of Noah's day, the Tower of Babel, multiplication of the languages, the call of Abraham, the beginning of the nation of Israel, through Abraham's sons, and then Israel's Egyptian bondage and exodus, the giving of God's law, and then the 40 years of wilderness wandering. So those are found in those first five books of the Bible. Then we have the next section, which is a longer section, is the history section, and that's from Joshua to Esther. This section contains the history of Israel, the Jewish nation. It records the conquering and settlement of the promised land, um, Israel under the rule of judges, Israel under the rule of kings, and the destruction of the first temple and the Babylonian captivity. And then we have the return of the remnant to the land and then the building of the second temple found in that uh, section of the Bible. And then we have, uh, let's see, Job, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Those five books of the Bible make up the, who, who knows what that would be considered? The book of poetry, or the books of poetry. And uh, while there's, th there is poetry definitely in those books, and not all of it is uh, all poetic, but those are all considered with that. Um, now, this section deals with profound questions of life and the worship of God. And then we have the last section, uh, we have the prophets. And this goes from Isaiah to Malachi, and uh, typically it's broken down even further to the major prophets and then the minor prophets. Uh, these, this section contains prophecies concerning Israel, mankind as a whole, and the Lord Jesus Christ. There are four major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and then 12 minor prophets. We have Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And so that's the Old Testament. And then we have, um, and then we have the New Testament. Uh, the New Testament uh, was written mostly in the Greek language. Um, the New Testament is the Fulfillment of the Old Testament, it describes the coming of Christ, his life, sacrificial death, resurrection. Then it, then it talks about the church, Christ's great commission for the gospel to be preached worldwide, and then prophecies of the future. Um, and the two, New Testament is composed of the following four sections. We have first, uh, what would you say the first one would be? The Gospels. And this is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each of them have... Uh, a different perspective on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Two of them were eyewitnesses. Matthew and uh, John were both eyewitnesses of the ministry and uh, of Christ. Um, Mark and Luke got their information from others and uh, compiled their gospels. But the gospels contain the account of Christ's virgin virgin birth, the sinless life of Christ, his miracles, his teaching his death on the cross, his resurrection the third day, and then his ascension to heaven. And then also there are some prophecies in the gospel regarding Christ's second coming and uh, also the, uh, the great commission that Jesus gave to the church is found there in the, in the gospels. And then we have uh, the book of Acts, which is history. Um, so in the Old Testament, there was, a, there was a section of history and there is a section of history in the New Testament as well and it is the book of Acts. And the book of Acts contains the history of the establishment and spread of the first churches 
And it really is a record of the first three decades, the first 30 years of Christianity after uh, Christ ascended. So uh, those first 30 years are found written in that, uh, that book of Acts uh, by, um, by the, uh, the doctor, uh, Luke. And uh, he wrote that book and uh, gave us a lot of history that we would not have if it weren't for the book of Acts. And then we have uh, a big section of the New Testament, and that is the epistles section. And in this we have, uh, that can be broken down into the Pauline epistles, and then we have the general epistles. So the epistles that Paul wrote, uh, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, both 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, um, and uh, in those, there are, they, there's another breakdown of those, Pauline epistles. We have the prison epistles, the ones that Paul wrote while he was under house arrest. And that would be uh, Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, and, uh, and Philemon. All, all of those he wrote while he was in prison. And then he also wrote the pastoral epistles, which are, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, uh, these were written to uh, pastors instructing them regarding the church and the ministry that should be going on in the church. Um, so uh, those are Pauline, those are the Pauline epistles, and then the general epistles, Hebrews, James, uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1, 2, 3 John, and then we have Jude. These are called general epistles because they were not written to a particular uh, church, um, but they were written to Christians in general. And I know a lot of this stuff is basic, and you all could probably uh, teach or, or preach this as well. But good reminders for all of us just to kind of know the, the layout of the Word of God and the breakdown and the arrangement of it. And then the last uh, section, of course, is the book of Revelation, which is uh, prophecy. Um, and then this book contains prophecies about the end of the world, the judgments upon the nation, the reign of the Antichrist, the conversion of Israel, the return of Christ, Christ's 1,000-year kingdom, the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. That mansion we sang about a little bit earlier in the service is recorded here in the book of Revelation. And uh, by the way, the book of Revelation is the only book in the New Testament, in the Bible, that has a promise of blessing for those who uh, read it, for those who hear it, and those who keep it. And so an encouragement for us to uh, know what the, what the book of Revelation says. So that's the arrangement of the Bible, just to remind us and refresh um, what the, the layout of the Bible. And when we're in a certain book, what, what, what it's about. Next, let's look here uh, tonight at the accuracy of the Bible. The accuracy of the Bible. Again, the foundation of our lives, we better, we better have a firm understanding of it and and uh, we better have a, um, we better understand the, the the foundational aspect of the Bible, and big part of that foundation is the fact that it is accurate, it is perfect, it is without error at all, and uh, that's what we're going to say here um, on your outline. If you're taking notes, the Bible is inerrant, and what does the word inerrant mean? It means it is free from error. And the scriptures are true since they were God-breathed out of God, who is also true. You think about this for a quick second. 
the Bible is true. That's what we're saying here. Um, Jesus, do you remember what the Bible says about him? What he said about himself in John 14, verse 6? Can somebody quote that verse for me real quickly? Who wants to quote that verse? Yes, ma'am. Yep, so I am the way, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. But he, he defined himself and called himself the truth. I mean, he didn't say I'm, I'm like truthful, although that would be accurate. He, he defined himself as the truth. Okay, but going back to John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. And then uh, we, we come and find out who the word of God is in John 1, 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, so he said, hey, I am the word of God. And then later he said, I am truth. So Jesus as the word is truth. This book as the word of God is also truth. Um, and so here's some, here's some references I'd like to run with you very quickly tonight. If you take your Bible and turn to Psalm, we're going to look at a few of them in the book of Psalms. Uh, turn first to uh, Psalm 12, and we'll kind of just work our way through these. Psalm 12, in verse number 6, the Bible says this about itself. The words of the Lord are, what kind of words? They are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Okay, now turn to Psalm 19. Just a few pages over, a couple pages over. Psalm 19. Okay, um, let's have somebody from this row uh, read this verse. Uh, verse number seven. How about Sheckler? Why don't you read this verse? Okay, so he said, and it's recorded here, the law of the Lord is, what's that word? Perfect. 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 It's perfect. And it's sure uh, later in that verse. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Verse number eight, the Bible says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is, here's that word pure again, Pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So the word of God is, uh, in this little passage here, we find it's perfect, it's sure, it's right, um, it's pure, it's uh, true and righteous all together. Okay, let's uh, jump over to Psalm 119. So several pages over to that longest chapter of the Bible, 176 verses. And again, uh, out of all the 176 verses, I think all but two of them have a reference to the Bible, reference to itself. Um, here's a couple references in that. Let's look at verse number 86. Psalm 119, verse number 86. 
All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. All thy commandments are faithful. Then let's uh, jump over to, uh, let's see, verse 138. 138. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. And then let's look at 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. All thy commandments are truth. So there's no error in the word of God. Uh, you try to find, and, and some people have tried to, you know, take out the foundation by saying, oh, there's errors in the Bible. You can't trust it. Yes, you can trust it. It is perfect. Uh, we've already said that. It's true. It, it's very faithful. Uh, there, there's no errors in it at all. Uh, flip over to Proverbs chapter number 30. Proverbs chapter 30. I'm about out of time, so I'm probably going to end with this thought here, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll go to some prayer requests. But uh, Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 5 says, Every word of God is pure. There's that word again. Every word of God. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. And then one more reference in the New Testament, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. It's good to hear those Bibles turning tonight. I appreciate that. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the word of God that you hold in your hands tonight, it's trustworthy. It's accurate more accurate than anything you can imagine you know when when the nfl season starts you know and well college basketball is going on i guess right now we'll, we'll stay out of the nfl because it's off season okay college basketball is on when when they go to the free throw line then they'll say well he only is 73 percent from the field throw, field goal or free throw line uh, he's only 73 or 83 percent he's a good free throw shooter and uh and that is you know i'm like one percent from the free throw line <laughs> um so but but it would say somebody is 99 percent from the free throw line like you wouldn't want to foul them when the line, game is on the line you know because oh great we're going to send the guy who's 99 percent uh, but here's the deal when it comes to the word of God, it's not 99.999999% correct. It's 100% correct. We need to remember that and we need to uh, be thankful for that truth that this is accurate to the uh, fullest degree, more accurate than anybody uh, here on this earth is. Um, when it comes to that, um, as we consider. This will just be a little application, and we'll then we'll uh, then we'll close the message here. But um, and, and and you've heard this story. But uh, uh, there were uh, one, one day there were two battleships assigned to the training squadron that had been at sea at maneuvers in heavy weather for for several days. And this guy was serving on the lead battleship and was on watch on the bridge as as the night fell. 
The visibility was poor with patchy fog, so the captain remained on the bridge, keeping an eye on all activities. Shortly after dark, the lookout on the wing reported, Light bearing on the starboard bow. Is it steady or moving astern, the captain called out. The lookout replied, Steady, Captain, which meant we were on a dangerous collision with that ship. The captain then called to the signalman, Signal that ship. We're on a collision course. Advise you change course 20 degrees. Back came the signal. Advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. The captain said, Send. I am a captain. Change course 20 degrees. Well, uh, back came the signal. Avi I, I'm sorry, the, I'm seaman second class came the reply, you had better change course uh, 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious. He sped out, send, I am a battleship, change course 20 degrees. Back came the flashing light, I am a lighthouse, so we change course. <laughs> um, we've all heard that story, and I kind of messed it up, but, <laughs> uh, but here's the point. When it comes to our lives, this is the unchanging rock that is 100% pure, 100% accurate, 100% true, righteous altogether. Um, and as a result, we don't need to tell the word of God to change. We need to be willing to change. Are we willing to do that? When we look into the perfect law of liberty, are we a forgetful hearer looking at and seeing all the things that need to be changed? And we go, you know what? Uh, no, no thanks. I'm going to go my way and be a forgetful hearer forgetting what manner of man I was. Look, that man's not going to be blessed in his deed, but those who take the time to look into God's word and say, okay, I better change. And I can't say, well, hey, I've got five degrees under after my name. And uh, don't you know who I am? Don't you know how much money I have? Don't you know who my parents are? No, we, we don't need to do that. We need to say, hey, I'm willing to change. Lord, as you speak to me, I'll be willing to uh, agree and change. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't feel good, even if no one else is going to change with me, I'm still going to change. I'm still going to be obedient to the perfect law of liberty. And with that, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll uh, continue this uh, message next, next week. Uh, Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the chance to look into your word and to talk about the importance and the, uh, the accuracy and the wonder of your word. And Lord, I ask that uh, you would help us, Lord, to be people of the book, that we would, like the Bereans of old, who had a readiness of mind to receive the word of God. Help us, Lord, to have a, a readiness of mind in our hearts and minds that we would, uh, we would say, Lord, whatever you speak to me about, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to agree. I'm willing to apply and implement into my life. There's, there's no area that's off limits. Uh, may that be each and every one of our hearts. Lord, thank you for giving us your word that is our uh, instruction manual, our a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we're so grateful for this, this book that you've given to us. Help us, Lord, to not put it on a shelf um, and never look at it, but, Lord, to be in the Word of God daily. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, somebody has said, um, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody 
who isn't? And so now somebody was like, well, I just got a brand new Bible and it's perfect, you know, pages still stick together and all that. I, I understand. But how often are you in the Bible? I hope it's, I hope it's very often. Um, let's go ahead and take a, a little bit of time here to look at some prayer requests tonight.